to share with some, share you, uh, something with you as we come uh, to the last few minutes of tonight. Uh, I have a question to start off with. How many of you here, you don't have to raise your hand, but regardless of age, you like to look at Christmas lights? You still like to look at Christmas lights? You're raising hands anyway. Good. And not necessarily the tacky ones, although some people like those tacky ones, right? That's a matter of preference anyway. How many of you have chosen, now if you like to look at lights, and we just turn these lights on up here, and you know, there's lights uh, you know, all over the city in different places. I remember the first time I was in New York and saw Rockefeller Center and the tree there, and uh, a lot of people love to look at lights, but how many of you... You know, if you've gone out to look at lights or ridden around, how many of you have chosen to go look at Christmas lights in the daytime? I mean, after all, it's easier to drive around the daytime. If, you have bet, if your sight's not so good, it's easier to get where you're going. Uh, there's less cars in front of the decorated houses in the daytime. Just tell, hey, we're going to do it in the daytime and save some time. No, you don't go to see lights hung up. You go to see lights shining. And this is what God did. He sent his son to light up the world in preparation for his redeeming work. In just a few minutes, we'll be concluding tonight's service, as we do every year, uh, with the lighted candles and the singing of Silent Night. And although us and other churches do this as a tradition, it's much more than that because of the redemptive meaning behind it. The song was actually written in Austria a little shy of 200 years ago, uh, in 1818, by, the, by a man by the name of Franz Gruber. Now, this renowned carol uh, is older than the tradition, for example, of giving of Christmas cards. That's how old it is. But its message is even older than that, and it's more glorious. The message conveyed in just three stanzas, if they were not true and had not literally come to pass, would leave each of us and this world in complete darkness and we all be in a hopeless condition. If you've watched the news lately, you know there's still a whole lot of darkness in this world, don't you? On every continent, there's hatred, there's violence, there's sickness, there's disease, there's pain, there's acts of terror, there's deep sadness, only to name a few things. All of those same conditions, well, they were present under Pax Romana, that's Latin for Roman peace. And that was under the Roman Empire and the rule of Caesar Augustus uh, that was read earlier here tonight. But then came that silent night that became a not-so-silent night for a field of shepherds. And what, and more importantly, who burst into time and space, made a way for peace that was utterly impossible through any man or nation all except one man. And on this night, he was only a baby. I'd like to read to you the three stanzas of Silent Night. We're going to sing them, but I want to read them to you. And draw your attention to the amazing news that millions, and millions will sing this song over the Christmas season, all around the world. Millions will sing it, and all too often, they'll fail to appreciate or ever trust in or believe in the words that they'll be singing. The first stanza is the most familiar. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. That line always messed you up as a kid. Like, what in the world does that mean? But anyway, 
Remember, it was written in Austria in 1818. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. That's the first stanza. And of course, the last verse is sung one, or the last line is sung one more time. Isaiah 9, 6 prophesied some 700 years before the birth of Jesus that the child born would be both mighty God and he would be prince of peace. Also in the seventh chapter of Isaiah, he foretold that the baby would be born of a virgin. If Jesus was not born of a virgin, which this song proclaims, if he was not conceived by the Holy Spirit, if he was not God, but rather conceived by an earthly father, he would not have been sinless, nor would he have been all God and all man. If he were not sinless, and if he were not holy, and if he were not God in human flesh, he could not fulfill the proclaimed lines of stanza two. Listen closely to stanza two. Silent night, holy night, Shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing, Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. No wonder the shepherds quaked. You realize that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian warriors, recorded in uh, 2 Kings chapter 19. One angel. And God could have said, keep on rolling. One angel. No wonder they were frightened. But the angel brought glorious news down from heaven, not judgment. That night, the angel was not bringing judgment. The world, according to John chapter 3, was already under judgment when Jesus came. Did you know that? The world was already under judgment and condemnation is the word Jesus used. The angels proclaim this sinless, holy, newborn name Emmanuel which means God in human flesh entering into humanity. And the angel said he's the Savior. You know what Savior means? Deliverer. An angel had already told Joseph what his name would be. Remember the angel said his name would be Jesus, which is said Yeshua, which is the New Testament way of saying Joshua or Yahshua. Because what? The angel said his name would be that because he would save his people from sin. And really, not just his people, all people that were willing. Now, the third stanza, it fills out what took place that holy night. It was that night that opened the door for what promised, what was promised, and what was necessary for the final work of redemption. Listen to the third and final stanza. Silent night, holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Each of those words, now you remember the hymn writers of old, they were much more theologically sound than a lot of things written today. And each word mattered. This is good news, this third stanza. All the stanzas, actually. This is not just good news. This is great news. That's what the angels proclaim, by the way. This is scriptural truth placed in poetic form. The newborn, sinless, holy, Savior, the presence of God in human skin, was also the Son of God. That's what the third stanza proclaims.
Now, this is beyond our comprehension, isn't it? That he was both God and he was man, and at the same time, he was the son, and he was in the father, and he was the father, and he was the son that pleased the father. It says, son of God loves pure light. Jesus, indeed, he did come willingly, and yet equally, he was sent. Did you catch that? He came willingly, and he was sent. As Jesus himself proclaims in John 3, 16, and most people know that passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God sent him, gave him. That's why we're looking tonight at this song, and we want to sing it in just a few minutes together. But the love that was proclaimed was for a lost and dying world. And it was and it still is the essence of Jesus' arrival. But for the, love that was to, for the love that was proclaimed, light has to shine. Light has to shine for that love to be proclaimed. And it did shine even from the beginning. Before the world was created, it was God who said, let there be what? Light. And that was when there was nothing. No form, darkness upon the face of the earth. But the darkness of space and matter, well, that was dwarfed by the darkness that would come afterwards via sin and the fall. When Jesus arrives some 4,000 years after the fall of mankind, the scriptures say this in Matthew 4.16, and it's quoting from Isaiah 9.2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Amazing passage. Wonderful passage. Now, try reading a book in complete darkness. Just go do a test. Try and read a book in complete darkness. No, no help from your cell phone, not even on low light. I mean complete darkness. Shut a bathroom door and try and read a book. Impossible. In like manner, God had already given the world a book even when Jesus arrived. Did you realize that most of the Bible was already written by the time Jesus got here? The Old Testament was fully complete. Genesis to Malachi was done. What we call the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people called the Tanakh. It was, fully under, it was fully complete, but it was still darkness and hard to understand for many. But then the light of Jesus revealed what Moses had written, what David had said, what Isaiah had said, what the prophets had written. The apostle John said of Jesus, that he was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Even people that reject Jesus, he's given them light. John 1.9. The star of light, it had led the wise men. Think about the different lights that were involved just in the coming of Jesus. The star of light had led the wise men. The angels, they were shining bright, and they had led the shepherds. And then the light of the world was lying in a manger. And he would soon shine his eternal light in teaching, in miracles, and finally the very light of his resurrection. This is the concluding message of the stanza here in stanza three. The light of the world will bring forth grace. It says, radiant beams from thy holy faith with the dawn of redeeming grace. What does grace mean? Well, it's unmerited and undeserved favor. 
It'd be like doing all the wrong things and still being rewarded. And this is a gift through Christ himself. Silent night, it refers to this truth as redeeming grace. That's the term that the author uses, redeeming grace. And that's grace that starts with Christ's birth, is then later sealed with his blood, and then secured with his victory over the grave. This is the grace that extends Christ's own life and eternal life to all those willing to receive it. You might say, well, who wouldn't want to do that? Sadly, many. Sadly, many don't want Jesus. You cannot receive his life without first coming to his light. But eternal life, well, it's responding to the light, saying yes to his grace, turning from sin, and then surrendering to Christ as Lord. And this is the last line of the stanza. What does it say? Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, is he your Lord? You know, every day, every, eventually everyone will bow before him and proclaim his Lord. That's what the scriptures say. But to do so now, to do so now, which I did in 1995, my wife and I on the same day, but to do so now, well, it brings the peace that the angels proclaimed. It brings the forgiveness that we all need. It brings the eternal life that he purchased with his blood, and it brings joy both now and forevermore. And this is the light and the life that is freely given. I hope you appreciate that. I hope that you, if you have never given your life to the Lord and, and come to the light that he's already shined in the world and through his word and, and said, Lord, I want eternal life. I want to be forgiven. I want that redeeming grace that we're about to sing about. Then you just say, Lord, I want to turn from my sin, cleanse and forgive me. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus said, all who want to come, he wouldn't cast any out. But we do have to surrender. Amen? I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to have, Tawan's going to come back, and he's going to lead us in silent night. Um, the lighting of the candles. Everyone should have one. Does everyone have a candle? Okay. If you don't have a candle, make sure you raise your hand, and we'll get one in your hand. Now, parents, we need your help on this. We'd like this building to stay here, so. These are, these are going to be real fires for just a moment, so. Just like it was 2,000 years ago, they didn't have, like, smartphones to hold up in the air. But everybody has their candle. Yeah, I'll take one. Tawan can make his way up. And I hope as you sing the song, it has even, you know, even if you've long appreciated the song, I hope you have a little more appreciation for it than perhaps you did when you walked in. Uh, and again, if you don't know the Lord, I'm glad to talk to you. One of our elders or deacons would be glad to talk to you before you leave here tonight, and we'd stay and be glad to pray with you. But um, we want to sing this together, and I hope that uh, everyone in here has a great appreciation for the light that has come down from the Lord on that silent night.
you know, when the message is great news and it's true news, there's a good chance the world will be singing it almost 200 years later. And that's what we're singing tonight. You can blow these out. They look great. This place looks beautiful because we have these soft, like, cream walls, and it really does look look good. I'd like to leave them, but it's not a good idea. Hey, before, be seated for one second, and then we're, we're done in like two minutes. But I just wanted to say we got to recognize a couple of folks, and then we'll be out of here. But as we come to a close, um, before I bring up the person responsible for all the hard work that was done here, um, this season, you may remember that Jesus gave his life, and the Father gave his Son. And I just got to tell you, we st- back in the beginning of December here at the church, we said, all right, we want to bless, we want to bless, bless 12 families for Christmas. So we, we did something this year we called Compassion for Christmas. People donated either money, toys, clothes, and food, and we wanted to bless 12 families. And we had a lot come in. Every family would get at least a $50 gift card plus food, gift card to Walmart, plus food, plus toys, and uh, make sure they had a Christmas dinner. But we had, the people here gave more than that. We're going to bless over 20 families, as it turns out. And 10 years from now, I hope that when you come, we'll tell you it's well over 100, or it's 150, or something like that. Um, it was over 20, and we really have no doubt that uh, as the Lord continues to work in God's people, that it will be more than that. You know, the church I got uh, saved in, I, I just saw their little video. I came from South Florida. We're in big place now. But, I, you know, they did a little video. They gave a single mom a brand-new car, paid off tuition for someone. I mean, just these are the things God gave, and so it, it is a blessing for us to be able to give back Anyone ever tells you all the church wants is your money? They have not met real born-again believers, just so you know. Well, we enjoyed tonight. I hope you did, too. I want to recognize, where is Kristen? She did a great job putting all this together. Oh, there you are. I hope you like cheesecake, because there you go. You know, they're only one place to get it really good, so you, you're going there. Um, but all the other folks that, uh, if you, Tawan, stand up. Where is Sharonda that, uh, that worked with the, the, the kids and the, the dancer? Is she out there? How can I recognize her if she's out there? But anyway, uh, Jen, where's Jen? Stand up. Jen, yes, you got to stand up so people see you. Uh, stay standing. Um, oh, stay st- Where is uh, Melissa Montel? It did set design and props and all that stuff. There they are. Kristen Wilmerth, uh, right there beside Jim. Am I forgetting Stephanie worked with uh, some of the kids? I don't know who else worked. Nicole Clay. Nicole Clay out, uh, Sarah Moncrief back there in the sound booth. Do you have the people in the sound booth? They're back there in the cave. They don't get a lot of recognition back there, but they do a lot of good work. But, uh, and all the parents bringing their kids to practices and all that good stuff. Um, we've, had, we've had a great tradition. I, I saw Helen here somewhere who's done a great job with, I mean, she gave us a fantastic 
uh, last two years uh, show, and then Kristen did it this year, and in a different years we may have different teams, but uh, the spirit's the same, whichever team we have that puts it on, and, and thank you to the parents and grandparents and all of you that came tonight. We appreciate you being here. I do have one question about Christmas Eve. Now, we've always done it on Christmas Eve, but because this year Christmas falls on a Sunday, we did it tonight, so tomorrow night you can do all your family traditions and all that stuff. Now, there are churches around the country that do it every year, Christmas Eve Eve. Who likes that idea? Because I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I like feedback from people. Next year, Christmas Eve, is on a, um, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, I believe, and then Monday is Christmas Day. But anyway, it looks like most of you like Christmas Eve, which is fine, except for when Christmas Eve is the night before Christmas Day. You like Eve, Eve? Yeah. There's, there's churches that do Eve, Eve every year because it kind of gives a little buffer there. So we're open to feedback. Let me close this in prayer. And then there's refreshments out there. I didn't thank Pastor Randy. He did a great job reading the... I mean, if I grow a beard, I look older than Randy, just so you know. But... Uh, he, he is a grandfather. I look like one when I, when I put a beer, but he did a great job too. And uh, let's close in prayer. And then there's refreshments out there. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this time this evening. Thank you for sending your son, the light of the world. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>